0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand the ghost of a chance? Welcome to. From the Bleachers, I am your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Blue Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Mere days away from NFL Draft, it's, it's literally all I'm thinking about. There's nothing else going on in the sports landscape. There's really nothing else going on in the world uh, while we're all cooped up inside during this quarantine, during this overall pandemic that is completely changing things, completely changing the way we live, completely changing the way we consume media. And we know what else it's changing? The way we're doing the NFL draft next week. So this draft, for the first time ever, is going to be handled virtually. And I don't know what the program is. Everyone's going to call it Zoom because that's the new de facto thing. The way we call tissues uh, Kleenex or Lysol wipes, Lysol wipes instead of cleaning wipes. Uh, Because that's where all all we're using at work. I work from home. I use Zoom sometimes. People are using Zoom to... You know, on the weekends, have virtual happy hours with the old college friends. I've done it a couple of times, had a blast. People do it with their families on Easter, stuff like that, Passover. But we're going to see actual NFL front offices and I guess coaching staffs too, ownership groups use. Again, I don't know what the name of the program is, but of course, the NFL being the NFL cut a deal to have like an official, uh, you know, online video partner for this to make some extra bucks of all the money they're losing by not having the draft in Vegas. Smart. I see what you're doing, NFL. But we're going to have this all virtually. I'm kind of nervous. Not for the Eagles. I'm nervous for the league as a whole. I think this is going to be an abject disaster. The NFL isn't the NBA, nor is it the MLB, two sports leagues that over the 20 years have completely given themselves up To the statistical, the analytical, and the technological revolutions in the sports world. Analytics, databases, all these different things that the smartest teams in the NFL do. Not everyone does that. The Eagles, the Ravens, the 49ers, teams like that do it. But it's not the way it is in in the NBA or the MLB where every single team has these departments. And that's why I love that the Eagles are in the NFC East. I always love that they're in the NFC East because... Uh, You know, I'm about to turn 26 next month. I've spent my entire life hating Washington, the Giants and the Cowboys. I've made the comparison before. It's like Batman and the Joker where I can't exist without my hatred for the Cowboys or the Giants or Washington. It's part of who I am. I would never want them to go away. I would never want the teams to fold. I would never want Jerry Jones to sell the team. I love having this, these figures that I can hate and put all my worries and hatred and anger in the world on every Sunday in the fall. Well, know what else makes it great. The Eagles, as I said before, maybe not the best front office in the league in terms of talent evaluation. I know I've been quite critical of Howie Roseman in that regard, and so have Eagles fans all over. We have to say that the Eagles front office, dating back to the Joe Banner, Andy Reid era, has been on the forefront of being a pass-happy team before everyone in the league was doing that, using analytics. Howie Roseman's a new school GM. He's not, some, he's not one of those classic football guys. That's not Howie Roseman at all. He knows what he's doing. The Eagles are up to date on exactly what they need to be doing technologically. And I'm sure they've been planning this for the last two months. Whereas just yesterday, Dave Gettleman, the general manager of the New York Giants, posted a picture on Twitter of him with a single computer, a single binder, and then a mini, mini, mini picture of New York City behind him so that whenever he's doing his Zoom or whatever call you want to call it, when he's on those calls, you can see something behind him the same way NFL reporters or Adam Schefter when they're on ESPN or NFL Network have bookcases behind them. Dave gettlemans going to have a mini picture of New York City, so people don't think he's an uncultured swine. So he has some, hey, I, I'm the GM for the New York Giants. I have this thing behind me. I'm not an idiot locked in my basement who doesn't know what he's doing. The Giants have all these new, as Gettleman and say, computer guys. Yeah, we're going to hand leave this to the computer guys. He's a bumbling oaf. He's not going to know what the crap he's doing next Thursday, next Friday, next Saturday. And I love it. I think Daniel Jones is actually okay as a quarterback. Uh, not as bad as I expected him to be last year. But they're going to blow this. It's going to happen. They're going to do terrible on this draft. Dave Gettleman's not going to know what the crap he's doing. And I really just can't wait. I think that's going to happen with a lot of teams around the league. But the Eagles are in division with a bunch of donkey teams. These people are stupid. Now, the Cowboys are good draft evaluators, but I'm not sure they're going to handle this really well. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is the ultimate wild card in the NFL. One day he could be the puppet commissioner, the shadow commissioner, however you want to say it. He could be, you know... That ends with the commissioner just the power he sways in. I felt for all you know, he could be locked in Roger Goodell's basement with him. Roger Goodell came out swinging from a Bronxville, New York basement. He could be in there getting inside info. I don't know. Anything could happen with jo- Jerry Jones. He's a wild card. Like Charlie Kelly, wild card. Yeehaw. That's Jerry Jones right down to the cowboy aspect of it. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Cowboys. The Giants are going to mess it up. Washington. Oh, boy. The Washington Redacteds. Daniel Snyder, you know, top five worst owner in all of professional sports, at least North American sports. I don't know what goes on, in the EPL, Bundesliga, all these things. Series A. He's terrible. Probably the worst owner in the NFL specifically. I know there are a couple of terrible ownership groups in the NBA that I have ahead of them, uh, like Sacramento, New York Knicks, and really, sadly to say, the Philadelphia 76ers are pretty stinking terrible as an ownership group. Back to Dan Snyder. I don't trust him. He seems like the ultimate meddling guy to me, whereas Jerry Jones meddles as the owner, but he's also the de facto GM, and his son, Steven, runs things. They'll probably be in the same house together, you know, that they're circumventing the, guess, social distance rules since they're relatives. But Dan Snyder, on his Zoom conference calls, if you guys have done work calls, have you noticed that there's always one person talking over everyone else? And you're just like, well, this person. Shut the heck up. And they don't. That's what made Dan Snyder, when he's communicating with his front office brass, communicating with the GM, possibly even head coach Ron Rivera, they're not going to be able to get a word in. For all we know, they could go over the clock on their pick because no one knows what's going on because Dan Snyder won't shut up. I wouldn't be shocked. Number two, imagine that. If over 10 minutes go by with Washington as the second overall pick, Cincinnati Bengals, first of all, Joe Burrow at LSU goes their quarterback. They get their quarterback of the future franchise quarterback. And number two, presumed pick to Washington, is Chase Young. Washington, being so dysfunctional, either can't get the pick in time, there is a technological error, a Wi-Fi error, and they can't get that in on time. And then the Lions sneak up with them on the third pick, and take Chase Young before they even have a chance to draft someone. That would be the greatest thing ever. We have we get to avoid Chase Young. You don't have to play him twice for the next decade. You get him into a different division. Yes, he's still in the NFC, but it's a different division. Give him the Matt Patricia, another bumbling oaf in the Dave Gettleman tradition. And then just laugh at them. LOL, Washington. You're just inferior to Philadelphia in every way. You have the White House. You have the Capitol. But guess what? It was Philly's first. I feel like number one. I just think you know Washington and the Giants are the two most prime examples of these backwards type classic. I'm a football guy. I don't need any of that nerd crap. Remember that New York Giants? I guess a uh, radio commenter, Just a guy. Not he doesn't work for the Giants, but it was a year or two ago. He was working just on a talk radio station, not Francesca or anyone, but probably on one of those station W Fan. And he's like trying to make fun of nerd guys. And he's trying to say the Pythagorean theorem. And he's like trying to make a joke about it. But he also at the same time, he's stuttering like a nerd. But simultaneously, he doesn't know how to say Pythagorean. And he just sounds like the biggest idiot in the world. That's basically Dave Gettleman. A sports talk show radio host is running the New York Giants. And I couldn't love it anymore. So again, besides Washington the Giants, they are going to be other teams like this. God knows the Patriots are going to be up to something dubious. You know, somehow the pick before the Patriots, that GM's Wi-Fi goes out and they can't make a pick and the Patriots go up there and they select the quarterback that the other team wanted so they can rebuild their franchise around Jordan Love or someone like that. You know the Patriots are going to do something. They're going to do something shady. They spent the last two decades doing shady stuff. You're telling me... During the most hectic draft ever, the most unconventional draft ever, the most unpredictable draft ever, that the Patriots don't have something up their sleeves, you're lying to yourself if you think that. They're going to do something. Hope it's on to the Eagles. I wouldn't pick up a single call during the NFL draft, whether it's a phone call, a Zoom thing, from someone that either has a New England area code or that you can see is calling you from you know, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, whatever. I wouldn't even pick up the phone from a drunk FaceTime for one of my college friends like Pat O'Leary or Bobby Alexander. I'm not dealing with the New England region for a single second next weekend. And I hope Harry Roseman has the same philosophy. But I'm excited for the draft. This is going to be awesome. The Eagles, again, I'm not so sure in Harry as a talent evaluator. But I am sure in him and the other front office members to be ready for this. So few teams are prepared for this. They probably started doing this like couple of weeks ago Howie's been on that for at least double that amount of time I'm sure he's been preparing for this and it's smart they already have this infrastructure in place Dave Gettleman has his little 8x10 photo behind him on his old Windows 95 laptop meanwhile Howie Roseman's in the bat cave in South Philly with Alfred figuring out how the Eagles are going to trade up for Jerry Judy That's what I like about Howie Roseman. On the forefront of things, I respect that he's a non traditional football guy. For all the talk of the Chip Kelly ever, oh, Howie's on a football guy. Chip's a football guy. We need more guys who are older, have played sports, have coached it, who want to draft a linebacker in the first round. We'll get to that more in a little bit. For all the crap Howie's taken as this nerd, wonky, salary cap aficionado, this is his time to shine. He needs to pounce on these donkey-dumb teams. He's a shark. For all of his words, again, as an Italian evaluator, he's best when leveraging teams in trades. He's great at finding value in trades, managing the salary cap, signing players to team-friendly contracts. So I think in this is instance, the most turbulent draft the NFL ever has had or ever will have likely, it's time for Howie Roseman to pounce on these teams. I know teams don't lot, trade a lot within a division. I do remember in... What is that? 2007. The Eagles made a trade. They traded back out of the first round with Dallas, and ended up getting Kevin Cobb. LOL, that guy. But if he can take advantage of New York or Washington in this way, that would be huge. But there's other teams around the league like that too. Detroit. I don't know what to make of them. They could be a wild card team that doesn't know what the heck they're doing. The Raiders. I like Mike Mayock. Philly guy reps Philly well, but I'm not sure what he's going to do. He's a new school guy, but who knows. You have Shad Khan and the ownership group and Jaguars. I think conspiracy theory, conspiracy shame, Putting on my conspiracy hat. I could see Shad Khan and the Jacksonville Jaguars intentionally either breaking the quarantine or some of the online rules the NFL has in place to have sanctions thrown down upon them. So that they can inevitably use it as an excuse to move the team out of Jacksonville into London as Shad Khan has wanted to do. His entire ten-year as owner of the Jaguars. Watch out for the Jaguars. They're going to intentionally do something stupid, self-destructive behavior. I know all about that. Believe me. That's what Shad Khan's going to do. He's he wants that team in London, and he's going to use this as an excuse, as an excuse, to do something stupid, irrational that gets him and his team out of Florida. Who else are the bad teams? Texans. Oh boy, the Texans and Bill O'Brien. Now I'm already mad. How he didn't circle the water on Bill O'Brien, who is essentially what would happen if Chip Kelly was given a second year running a front office. That's Bill O'Brien. He's terrible. He traded maybe the best receiver in the NFL for a poo-poo platter of picks and David Johnson, an oft-injured, overpaid running back with middling production the last two years. I've had David Johnson in fantasy the last two years. Let me tell you, he is not good anymore. But Bill O'Brien, wants to trade traded, not just wanted to, did trade, just do it, as Nike would say. Bill O'Brien just did it. He traded maybe the best receiver in professional football for crap. So Howie's got to be in on him. I know the Texans, I guess they have more picks back now after the trade with Arizona for Hopkins. But Howie's got to be circling the water on him. That's a target. That's like the hurt antelope that the Lion or Tiger is chasing. That needs to be Howie Roseman on draft night. We're dealing with these dysfunctional teams, these dysfunctional front offices that don't know what they're doing on a normal day in the NFL, let alone the most technologically important day in football history, truly the most important technological day in football history. And the people who are savvy, people that have an analytical mindset, are going to be the ones who succeed in the 2020 draft. And again, I'm always nervous about the birds, but I think this is the year they can really pounce on these crap teams. Howie, if you're listening to this, I know you're listening to this, Howie. We're good friends, as everyone knows. I think you can do it. I think you can make a great pick at 21. Maybe you can trade up with another donkey team and land us one of the big three receivers. Maybe you stand pack at 21 and... Henry Ruggs III drops to or you trade down for a massive haul and pick up someone like Jalen Rager or Denzel Mims in the end of the first round. I have confidence in you, Howie, as long as you're not taking a linebacker. Again, we will get to that. But Howie, you are smart. You are innovative. You don't have the greatest eye for talent in the world. But when it comes to all the other facets of football and running a front office, you are among the best. So let's show it next Thursday, next Friday, next Saturday. Howie, let's go. I believe in you. Howie season, as they say. As I talked about before, there's a big discussion going on right now of whether the Eagles should take a linebacker in the first round of the draft. If you know me, you know I am vehemently against this. have always been. I follow the Eagles' long-term philosophy about the linebacker position, where I frankly don't value it. It's the least important position on defense. It's the equivalent of the NFL offensively of the running back. Those are the least important positions on each side of the ball. It's outdated to think that it was important. Teams don't run four threes anymore. Base defense is a nickel. The Eagles frequently play in dime. Sometimes they only have one linebacker in the field. I like having guys out there. They're not great. Nate Gary, converted safety. I like him out there in dime. I'm fine with him out there in nickel. I like guys who can cover out of there. I don't need some bruising, big, LeVon Kirkland-like dude. Prowl in the middle of the field for the birds. That era of football is over. Like I said, the Eagles have always been like this, dating back to the Andy Reid and Joe Banner era, which the Eagles, though Eagles, Howie Roseman, he worked under those guys, and he still adheres to those philosophical approaches to constructing NFL rosters. But we have continued to see draft Knicks around the league, national guys, mock linebackers to the Eagles. And I'm just perplexed. They have, you know, even someone like Daniel Jeremiah, who was a former scout under Harry Rosen with the Eagles has them taking a linebacker in Oklahoma's Kenneth Kenneth Murray. So now I see guys like Murray going to the Eagles or LSU's Patrick Queen or Texas Tech's Jordan Brooks. And I don't get it. If they take one on day two, I can I can live with that. Preferably in round three, a guy like Logan Wilson uh, or Troy Die out of Oregon. I'm good with taking a guy in the third round. I can maybe talk myself into a guy in the second round if he's like Jordan Brooks or, you know, if somehow Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray dropped that far, which they won't. But taking one at 121 with all of the holes that are currently on this team is absolutely irresponsible. They have the biggest hole in the league at wide receiver. They punted on wide receiver in free agency with the mindset that this upcoming draft is supposed to be an historic rookie class of wide receivers and wide receiver talent. That they think they're probably getting not just one, two wide outs total between days one and day two of the draft. So how can they think that? Especially with the holes at outside corner opposite Darius Slay. Is that going to be Avante Maddox? Is he really suited for that? Jalen Mills is going to be at safety now. Can he really cut it there? Roddy McLeod's aging. Will Parks is kind of a stopgap solution, though I love that he's from Philly, Germantown high school graduate. There are holes on that defense, and there are still holes on offense outside of wide receiver. You know, the future at guard and center is murky. As Brandon Brooks gets older, Isaac Somalo's playing decently. Maybe he fills in in center once Kelsey retires, or they get a center or an interior lineman to replace Kelsey. I'd much rather go get someone like Cesar Ruiz out of Delaware, Camden native, then or Caesar Ruiz from Michigan, not Delaware, I'm sorry, Then have a guy like Patrick Queen go in the first round. And is Patrick Queen good? I think he's definitely good. Is Kenneth Murray good? Probably. Are these guys going to be good players in the NFL? Yeah. And even if the Eagles draft them and Patrick Queen is a good player for the Eagles, it's still a bad pick. It's about the value of that pick. The resources that are going into it. You can find linebackers for cheap ball around the league. It's why teams don't draft running backs with the first rounder, their first rounders. You want guys at premium positions that are getting played, paid below market value on these rookie contracts. That's why you want to get a stud receiver at 21. That's why you want Jerry Drudy to drop, drop to 17 or 18 and make a move up and grab him. Cause that's a stud wide receiver you're going to have under contract for five years f- for not that much money. Well below market value of a guy what a guy like DeAndre Hopkins is going to get on this next deal. You could get another great outside cornerback. Darius Slay is only here for really the two-year contract when you really look at it. He's older. You still have a whole outside. You don't know if, you know, Avante Maddox is the true solution out there. Maybe they think Sidney Jones is. I'm so out on Sidney Jones. I can't even begin to talk about him. And maybe Jim Schwartz has influence on this. But don't you think Jim Schwartz would prefer – a outside a strong outside corner rather than a linebacker? I don't know. I would think so. But if he wants this bruising guy that can go silent on a sideline, maybe they do that. And even if that guy's good, it's still a bad pick. It's a bad understanding, a terrible understanding of positional value, which the Eagles have always adhered to. It's a quarterback, tackle, offensive end, and then receiver and cornerback. That's what the Eagles have always been about. That's why Howie Roseman – when he's in power, is only drafted offensive and defensive linemen and then traded up to get Carson Wentz, quarterbacks, linemen, edge rushers. That's what he's all about. Or I guess Fletcher Cox, defensive tackle, an interior rusher, but a great pass rusher nonetheless. Build through the chances, get a good quarterback, and get a guy out there who the quarterback can throw to and a guy out there who can stick that receiver. That's where the game is played. Linebacker, that's negligible. Who was the lineback- Who was the middle linebacker? on the Kansas City Chiefs championship team, Super Bowl champion team from this past year. I think his name is Reggie Ragland. Now, have you in your life ever heard of Ragland? Has anyone in Philly, outside of those guys that hang outside of Big Charlie's Saloon in South Philly, heard of him? Probably not. Know why? Because Ragland wasn't integral to the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. He was irrelevant in a way. Yeah, he started, but that's not what won them the Super Bowl. Know what if they won the Super Bowl? Know why... Andy Reid and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl because they had a stud quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. They had guys like Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill to throw to. That's what the Eagles need. They have the franchise quarterback. They have the good, innovative, offensive-minded head coach, Nug Peterson. They don't have the guy to throw the ball to. Yeah, they have Zach Ertz. Yeah, they have Dallas Goddard. They have whatever's left of Deshaun Jackson. Who knows if he can even play more than a game this year after what he did last year or what the lack of what he did last year, I guess you could say. They need a guy out there, whether it's Justin Jefferson, a big slot guy that maybe can play outside eventually or, you know, a burner like Henry Ruggs or they trade down and get Rager or Mims or KJ Hamler. They need a guy that the Eagles can hand their hang their hat on to get a catch when Carson Wentz needs it when the team's on third down. They need guys out there who were young, competent receivers because they have zero of those players right now don't talk to me about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside get him out of here don't let the door hitch in the butt on the way out so they need a receiver if they take a safety or cornerback if the receiver of choice isn't there they don't like their options for trading down and they take a safety or a cornerback or an offensive defensive lineman in round one I'm not gonna really really hate it Especially if they grab a guy like KJ Hamler in the second round with the 53rd overall pick. But other than that, taking a linebacker, I'd be ashamed if I was Harry Roseman. I'd be embarrassed for him. Again, even if those guys are good players, it's a misuse of resources. I can't stress that enough. Positional value, positional value, position of value. That's what the NFL is about. That's what team building is about in the NFL that we're in in the year 2020. This ain't 1998. There ain't no I-formation out there. There ain't no bulldozing linebacker taking on fullback, shutting blocks, and getting to some 240-pound running back like Brandon Jacobs or Jerome Bettis. That doesn't happen anymore. That happens in your crazy uncle's fantasies. That's not the way the NFL works anymore. Give me a quarterback, as Andy Reid, that infamous quote. Give me a quarterback, couple of tackles, edge rusher, receivers, guys who can stick them. That's how I'm building my team. That's how I build my team. That's how Harry Roseman should be building his team. And he has to a degree. And that's why they won the Super Bowl because they had a stud offensive line, stud defensive line, franchise quarterback in wins. And a guy who played way over his head excelled at quarter- quarterback like Nick Foles in the playoffs. And then they had Alshon Jeffrey balling out in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. That's what they need. Alshon Jeffrey era, not adding on a good note, but he was the last premier receiver the Eagles had that played like a whole season. It's time for a new guy. It's time for Jerry Judy. It's time for Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims, whoever. KJ Hill, KJ Hamler. We need guys like that out there. A linebacker? Are you kidding me? That's it for me. I'll talk to you guys. Next. I'll do a pod next week before the draft happens. I'll do like I might do like oh like are you going to have your draft day fit ready? What food are you ordering? Because I cannot wait. To drink a thousand spiked seltzers and eat like forty wings, baked wings from Stogie Joe's, and a bunch of barbecue sausage bites. I'm, da- I think that's going to be my draft day, day one order. And then maybe a pizza from Pizza Plus in South Philly for the Friday draft. And again, another zillion spiked seltzers. We'll talk about stuff like that. Talk about how. You know, this is feeling like Christmas Day kind of feel like it's like a week one thing where there's absolutely nothing going on. And I put all of my time and thought process into this draft and waking up next Thursday morning is going to be beautiful. Chef kiss. Anyway, I'm Seamus Clancy. You can follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. You can subscribe to my Patreon newsletter. comes out every weekday morning. Monday through Friday for just two bucks per month to get all my thoughts on the Eagles, the Sixers, whatever else is going on in Philly. Again I'm Seamus Clancy signing off Go Birds baby.